I decided that I wanted to look at my whole body as the canvas, which is why I started to get my tattoos um, placed in certain areas, certain sizes and certain colors and stuff. So that when I was Nike, it would be like a masterpiece. High five for that. That's what I'm talking about. That was a high five. Never 99, the podcast that takes an untraditional view on health and the world and breaks it down in a way that makes sense. 99% is never enough. Always 100 with your hosts, Dr. O and Olive. But I like regular bears with their regular face. You know what I mean? Like where you just like look like a bear. Have you ever felt? Are you listening? Sometimes the funniest things come before we start. It's true. And we can hear them. It's true. Okay, what are we talking about? So today we're going to talk about... What was that? It's hair. <laughs> and the whole life is just sticking onto me right now, and it's like dog hair, cat hair, human hair. Yeah, you're hairy. You get mul- you're multi-haired. Don't, don't tell people that. I'm just saying. You said it. I'm, well, I am sticking to... I am also very shiny. You are shiny. We'll tell people why you're shiny later. <laughs> So we're going to talk, <laughs> we're, it's fine. I'm just shiny and hairy. Um, it hurts. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's a pain I'll never, well, I shouldn't say I'll never know. You'll I, know eventually. I want to get a bear. Yeah. Because I feel like, I, want, I don't want a bear growling because it looks kind of scary. But I like regular bears with their regular face. You know what I mean? Like where you just like look like a bear. Yeah, you yeah you because want a bear. yeah well I don't want a growling bear because it mm-hmm. looks like it, you could go hug it because it's a bear or if why you, would you ever want to hug a growling bear well no I want I've a never, bear I want oh. a bear with no growl like just a plain bear oh, okay. like a realistic you want bear, a bear face that you can hug well you look at it and you go I could hug that bear but then if you do go hug the bear he will fuck you up like he'll rip your arms off. That's why I like the bear. But that it's means like that the, even if you look cuddly, nobody can hug you. Well, it's just like, yeah, I think it's just cool, man. It's just like a cool representation of like the duality of people. You just like the bear because you always feel like you turn into a bear when people fuck with you. That's true. That's another reason. There's many reasons why I like the bear. Yeah. But it is like the duality of of, of humans. That I do. Yeah. That, that's why I want it. I don't want like just like a single bear tattoo. Yeah. I always feel like tattoos are weird when like they're just placed like right there. And then there's just nothing. But you have tattoos everywhere, yeah, so sure. it's a little bit different. You're looking at your whole body it's true. as the as the canvas, but oh. most people look at like their lower back right. or like their bicep muscle. I as- stopped getting tattooed like that a long time ago. I decided that I wanted to look at my whole body as the canvas, which is why I started to get my tattoos um, placed in certain areas, certain sizes, and certain colors and stuff, so that when I was Nike, it would be like a masterpiece. High five for that. That's what I'm talking about. That was a high five. But yeah, so like I don't want like just like a tattoo, like a circle on my bicep. Because no, it's that. yeah, it's just empty, you know. But anyway, that's why I want a bear. Yeah. Because I feel like you can go like, oh man, I want this such a cute and cuddly right. bear. It's a nice guy bear. Right. But you want it on your bicep? Just kind of somewhere in the area. In that area. How big do you want it to be? Pretty big. Okay, it's gonna have to be pretty big to make it look like a realistic. Bear. Yeah. Like so that's what I said. I want it pretty big and like yeah, there you go. I want it pretty big so it's just not like a sticker on my arm. Yeah, you don't want a sticker. Yeah, well, you know, like, what I mean? like, they're just sticker. like bloop. Those always just weird me out. But I do want a bear because I feel like when you look at it, you can go like, "Oh man, I'm gonna go hug that guy," but it'll fuck you up. All right, we, I, should, we should get a baby bear then. No, 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 I don't want a baby bear. I want like a for real because that's even cuter. I'm just messing with you without the aggression. I'm just messing with you. So today we're gonna talk about entrepreneurship. We have a small business. Entrepreneurs, high five. Yeah, that's right. 
because that shit's weird. <laughs> what was that? I stuck to the table. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so why, let's tell people why we're talking about tattoos and why you're shiny and why you're hairy. Uh, do you want to do the clap so that we can do it? Because we didn't do the clap. Oh, we've already going. No, but you, you do the clap. And then we can. There we go. We did the clap. There we go. I need a little applause before we start. But, oh man, what was I just talking about? Um, oh, why you're shiny. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so tell people why you're shiny. I'm super shiny today because no big deal. I got some of my tattoo worked on. So it's a very, as you can see, it's very shiny. Um, so yeah, if you're not watching, if you're listening, um, all of is awesome. Like she's got this really cool sleeve that goes everywhere. Now it's, it's like, it's a cuff now. It's cuffed now. Sorry, mom. I just learned what that meant really a second ago. Yeah. But anyway, so that's why if you, if you, if you hear her sticking to the table or referencing an Seriously. <laughs> I'm leaving like, like uh, oily spots everywhere on the table. So, and it is sore and it's uncomfortable. So if you see me shifting around, I'm sorry. It's just, it is what it is. It's only day one. So How many I, I won't always be a bitch about it. <laughs> How many tattoos do you have? Um, Which is a hard question to answer. You is. always say that, but like you have to answer it eventually. Um. Do you count like solid pieces as solid pieces or do you count them as separate pieces? Your body, your rules. I'm counting. Like 11. Nice. 11 tattoos, that's, which isn't that many. It's true, but he got 12. Gets, I forgot my spine. Ah, there you go. That, he gets some, like, that's like, there, that's one that you got, you got a tattoo that goes all the way up your back. Yeah. You got a full sleeve tattoo, which mm -hmm. is awesome. And then you yeah. got multiple giant pieces on. My hips and my thighs and my butt area. I was going to say your lower quadrant. Oh, I mean, that's fine, too. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of a way to put it. I was like, on the lower half. Um, on the Yes. Um, on the lower part of my brain. And then I have, like, little stickers is what you call them. Like, I have little stickers here and there. Yeah. And stuff. But yeah. I think it's cooler when you have, like, a lot of other tattoos to right. balance it out. But I always like feel this like... one's kind of a, you would consider, like, a sticker. And I do consider this one almost like a sticker, too. But I love it. I love this little... Yeah, no, I'm just talking about like for me, I'm like, cause I like, I don't have any, so I'm just going to jump in if I get, if I ever do get one. Yeah. The reason I don't have a tattoo, I, I tell the story all the time at work because people ask me, cause like everyone that we've hired is tatted up except, tatted up except for me. Yeah, stuff, except, yeah. Except for me. But you like it. I, I do. I love it. Uh -huh. I, I do. I, a lot of people are like, yeah. they would think I have like a huge, like my back, like they think I'm covering like massive amounts of tattoos, right. which I'm not, I have zero tattoos. I also think they think that cause when we stand next to each other, it doesn't like compute. <laughs> <laughs> I just, they're there. They're not, they're not there. They're not there yet. But like the reason I do that is cause I, I, I tell the story. So I apologize. You have to hear it again, but I feel like I'm real seasonal. So like I have yeah. like seasons that change. And then, mm -hmm. so like, if I would have got, how old do you have to be a tattoo? Get to get a tattoo, like 18. 18 yeah. So if I would have got a tattoo when I was 18, what I was really into yes. when I was 18 would be like family guy. <laughs> so like I would have had like Stewie Griffin or Peter Griffin on my chest or something, which back then probably been pretty funny. But now right. as a 38 year old doctor, her own stuff, that would it's be not the same. Yeah. I mean, I do have some tattoos on me that I got at 18 that I don't like. Which anymore. one? Um, you know, I don't like the, the consonants on the back of my, that's true. Neck. You have mentioned that. I did. I dislike that tattoo. I dislike the pirate on my leg. Um, so these are all tattoos that I can get covered up and I do have one really large cover up of the robot. And I got the robot when I was maybe 19 or 20 years old. So you're right. Like all the tattoos. You're, you're just doing little, seasoning, just, seasoning through them. Kind of, you know, redoing them. Yeah. It's kind of like seasons, right? So like, I, I just two things. Like I'm scared of. Me changing and being like, why do I have Stewie Griffin on my chest? That was yeah. a bad move. Right. <laughs> I don't know if I'd, I wouldn't do that now, but something that I see is important now 
15 years from now might seem trivial and, right. or dumb or ignorant or right. something like that. Who knows be what? Careful. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I know you have to get something that means something and I get all that stuff. But so that's one reason why I'm scared to get one. And then I'm always really scared that like, I'm going to get the bad tattoo artists. Like I know you research them and stuff like, mm-hmm. I, you know, like you see their work and stuff, but like, I'm going to get them when they're hungover. <laughs> it's gonna be like the I'll just one. Just walk away. But your mic is in your face. Do you want to reposition your face or your body? Like, what if you moved your body more this way? I don't know. Come, scoot this way because you're totally covered. Yeah, it's okay. No, I'll just, be. Just, I'm comfy. Just scoot your chair a tiny bit. Mm. Just a tiny bit. That was a tiny bit. There we go. There we go. You just moved the. Oh, I'm trying to make sure it sounds good. It does sound good. Do you see how like far away I am, and it still sounds great? Yeah, that's true. But anyways, but you're completely covered by the mic. The people aren't here for my face. We talked about this earlier. Mm. They're here for your face and your lovely words and expertises. Mm. But yeah, so like I would be the guy that get a tattoo from the awesome tattoo artist that was like hungover or whatever. No, you oh, would just walk away. You'd be like, "Hey, look, man, it's not the time for us right now." And you know, I've done that before. Well, it's true. Like I wouldn't even know what to look at. I'd have to have like you there to be like, "Wait a minute, this it's is getting weird." Because I wouldn't even know. Yeah. You know, like when you get a haircut. Well, you don't know if you know this. Sometimes, like, when I'm getting my hair cut, like, they just get the buzzers and, like, shave it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Start going. So, sometimes it looks like your fade's going to be jacked up. Like, the part of your hair where it uh-huh. kind of blends in. And then they pull it. They totally pull it together at the end. So, yeah. if I stopped in the middle, I, you know, I would have, like, crazy looking hair. But they right. also, a lot of times they always tighten up. Well, we like would that. look into a tattoo artist for you. We but I'm just saying. The, we would find the right tattoo artist. That's true. You. But I'm saying we would find, like. Or I would just, we would just do all the people who I know. That's how we would do I it. I would use Holly. Yeah. I, that's, that's what I would do because yeah. I could see. Shout out to Holly Klaus because my, I'm literally, like, Canva by Holly. Let's give right her a for real shout out. How can people, like. How can people find Holly? All right. So you can look up Holly. You can go to her website, take pride in your hide. Oh, it rhymes. Take pride in your hide.com. Uh-huh. Take pride in your hide. Uh, through there, you have all of her social media platforms. You could go to Facebook, take pride in your hide. Instagram, take pride in your hide. You could email her, take pride in your hide at gmail.com. But actually, you'd be hitting me up because I do all her scheduling. So uh, you'd actually be hitting me up, which is so cool. And you still get Holly. And she's a fantastic person. And she embodies Namaste. Well, there you go. That's how I feel. Their tattoos look dope. Yeah. Their tattoos look really good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would be scared. Like I would get the person who was the jam. I got them on a bad day. Yeah. And then it happens. And then my tattoo doesn't go on their website. Man. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you we're just in cover up. Yeah, it's true. But like you that's not the that's not the point. I don't want to get this awesome idea. Well, then, you just make it better. That's true. I mean, I get it, but like those are my two yeah. fears. Like I gotcha. I gotcha. I'm fearful that my reservation is gonna get messed up every single time I do it, but I just trust Holly. I trust in her flow and I communicate with her. So as long as you have somebody who you trust and you can communicate thoroughly with, then it's not a problem. I get it. Where's the next one at? Where's my next tattoo? I think I know. I think you told me, but what do you think it's gonna no, be? No, I know. No, no, tell me. It's going to be on the side of your body after you have babies. Which side of my body? Oh, this one. This side of my body? Yeah. You think so? I think so. Like where though? I don't remember exactly. Yeah. I remember we talked about it, but I can't remember. Yeah. How close was I? Um, kind of, I think I flip flop frequently. Now you're right. I do wait for that part of my body until I can have kids because I don't want it to like look weird after I have kids. So I actually have like a perfect circle of tattoos around my stomach. Um, and if you look at me, you're like, huh, that looks just like she's waiting for like an egg to be there (laughs) because I really do have kind of like an outline around my stomach. But, um, I think honestly, I'll probably cover up my pirate. Oh, you think so? I think. Oh, that, okay. I bet new, like new area. That's what um, I was thinking. But yeah, I, I knew, I knew about the pirate. Yeah, I want to cover up my pirate, and I might. I've actually kind of been thinking, and I might just. 
blow out the tush area. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's awesome. I might get, because, you know, I was really hesitant to get that area of my body tattooed the first time. And Holly said, you know what? I understand that you don't want that area tattooed. Um, let me just put this one thing here and see how it is. And I actually love it. So I think that... It's called the sprig. It is my little sprig. And I love my little sprig. It gets my butt up. I love it. <laughs> Tell me, what, um, is, what is a sprig? A sprig is like a little piece of uh, plant, you know, like the stem. And it kind of like curls underneath it would be like the sprig you know yeah so you got like a little spriggy sprig just kind of reaching over like hey and it's just kind of like holding my butt up a little bit i don't know i really like it and now i kind of want to get my whole butt like all my butt cheeks blown out um, is that what it's called get your butt cheeks blown out uh, whenever, is that what it's called in the I don't know, tattooing world when i sit like when i had my thighs blown out that's what i feel like it is like you're okay. just blowing it out with ink and that's how i kind of see those bigger no sections, i got it it was you know? it was a really yeah. it was yeah it was a really really good uh reference mm -hmm. to what was going on yeah so i might um get like one of my thighs leg butt area kind of done because i'm saving my other arm until i'm into my like like 30s mm -hmm. i want to make sure that in seasons i have availability of skin to be able to <laughs> that's true on. there's like it's a prime real estate so only, only, exactly it's so a prime much. real estate so i mean i did this in my 20s and i'm gonna wait until like my late 30s early 40s to do something here so i'm sure i'll have a lot to do with like family and Different things like that. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But you, you can get some bears on there. I could get some bears. On we could there. get matching. Well, no, no, no. We can get not matching. No. We could get related related tattoos together. Uh, related. We'll see what happens. Ah. I don't know if I want a bear on me. Prime fair. real estate, man. I don't know. We'll see what. Just happens. get a sticker bear. A, like a sticker bear. Yeah, there just put go. it right there. Right. Just right on your calf. Bear. There we go. Um, but yeah, probably my leg or my. Probably my leg and my butt cheeks. Nice. Mm -hmm. What'd you get your first tattoo? How old were you? I was 18. It was in a warehouse. Don't do that. What does that mean? Um, like, like, like when you walk into like just a rando tattoo shop or was it like, <laughs> were they really like shipping, shipping boxes in the background? It was very weird. Um, it was actually right before a 7 PM history class that I had my sophomore year in college. And I just met this dude. I think it was through work. I was a waitress at, Applebee's. All right. I'm pretty sure I was a waitress at either Applebee's or Cheddar's, one of those places that I worked. And I met this guy. He came in. He was a tattoo artist. And did you just do air quotes? I did air quotes. Air quoted. Because now that I know what a tattoo artist is like, um, this is not the same dude. But anyways, air, air quoted tattoo artist. Mm, he told me it'd be a hundred bucks. I only wanted. I wanted my maiden last name. Mm -hmm. Is that the one? On. That's the one on my shoulder. It's my yeah. maiden last name. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have a married last name. So my maiden last name is on my shoulder and he told me he charged me a hundred bucks for it. So I said, cool. So I went to this place, middle of nowhere and I walked in, I was like, this is wrong. And I sat in an office with him as he like printed out the lettering and stuff. And then he stenciled it on to me and then tattooed it. And I, right after that, I went to a history class at 7 PM. Don't take 7 p.m. Don't take 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. college classes. Yeah, that's always, that's a fail. It was like a three-hour one, too, because it was you went from once a week. from 7 to 10? It was like a once-a-week class. Yeah. And that was it? Yeah. Yeah. That's a bad time for that. Yeah, I was stupid. So what made him an air-quote tattoo artist as opposed to... He uh, had a tattoo gun and he knew how to put ink on me. Well, <laughs> okay, but okay. That it, was it. But it doesn't look bad. Uh, like the no, 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 no. It doesn't look bad. He stenciled it on. So he like had that blue paper. I don't know if you know this, but you can like print it out on yeah. papers and then they put the paper on top of you to peel it back. And it's like a tattoo. Yeah. And then they just trace over it. Um, That's most, how I would do tattoos if I if I had to do them. Well, I have zero talent. That's what I'm so, saying. Like yeah. I would just totally yeah. do that. Mm -hmm. And Holly does that too for different things. She'll do that, especially with like lettering and things. 
Um, so it's not uncommon. That doesn't really make him a bad tattoo artist at all. I could just, it was just random. It was the middle of nowhere. It was just very weird. <laughs> what made you do it? You're like, you know what? This is the, this yeah, is the right move. I had right the now. opportunity. So I jumped on it and that's the story of my life. All right. But I mean like there's tattoo shops everywhere. You could walk in. I had just moved to Columbus. I okay. didn't know anybody. Uh, I, I was young and I don't know, man. It just it is what it is. I was 18. Now I know better. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, I'm for it. It was just like the, the world collided in <laughs> the these circumstances. And, and you're like, tattoo. you're like, you're like, which my sleeve actually runs into a little bit, like it kind of like meshes over. Yeah, it, you know. Yeah. yeah, but like this all like came to fruition, and you're like, I need to go get this tattoo in this warehouse. I think I just met this guy. This he was an older gentleman, and I think he knew one of my friends or something. I don't know, man. It was cheap. It was a hundred bucks. No, I get Tattoos it. Tattoos are really expensive, so. It was a good. It was no, a yeah, good, it's cool. It was a good thing. <laughs> it I worked. got my first tattoo, dude. I went to. I know. I just told you the story like a, a couple, like a week ago. I went to Spring Break, Panama City Beach, uh, and I was a senior and senior. So me and all my buddies from high school went, and, <laughs> and then a whole bunch of my friends were supposed to go, including myself, were supposed to go get like Panama City Spring Break drunk tattoos together, mm-hmm. all at the same time. I don't know if I mentioned to tell you that I was supposed to be with them when they yes, went. Yeah, I that, think I remember this a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, so some stuff happened where I was too sleepy to go from hanging out, <laughs> so I couldn't make it to the tattoo shop. Um, but uh, so then my friend Brian went. He was really, really, really drunk when he went and got this tattoo. Um, he went and when he he got like this, it was like a tribal symbol on his back. Oh, Brian, if you're, Brian, if you're listening, your tattoo is garbage, man. Sorry, Brian. Dude, he knows it though. He used to hate it when we picked it up. So anyway, he got like oh. this tribal symbol on his back, right? So there's a couple things wrong with it. At first glance, you're like, it looks like some sort of tribal symbol, right? Okay. But when you look a little, you know, he didn't do this on purpose, but like when you look a little deeper at it, like it had like the circle with like some things attached to it. But if you look a little deeper, it's like a hidden swastika. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's not a swastika. He did not do it on purpose, but man, it looks like someone's like, hey, I want to tribalize swastika. Oh, no. <laughs> and the funniest part is he's half Hispanic. So he's just a half Hispanic dude. Just oh, got, no. <laughs> I know this girl. It's, it's awful. I, I'm so sorry. And then one more thing about his uh, hidden swastika tribal tattoo. It got all scary and bumpy looking. Like so, uh-huh. when when he did it, yeah, he didn't do it right. Which is like another thing that kind of sca- yeah, another mm-hmm. thing that kind of scared me. Like when I was looking at it, it looks like it looks like Freddy Krueger face, like yeah. underneath the tattoo, uh-huh. and then he went in the ocean after. Oh, I'm sure we were. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. we. I have no yeah, idea what awful. he did after that. That's awful. I've only had one tattoo that I didn't really take care of, and it looks like I didn't take care of it. Which one? Um, my Superman tattoo right here. This one. Do you see how it's all faded and stuff? Yeah, but it doesn't it's look like and faded and stuff. It's not bumpy because it's only line work. Okay, but yeah, it doesn't look like Freddy Krueger. No, that's awful. All right, I had this girlfriend, girl's friend, this girlfriend in college. And uh, there's this thing on every Friday of the 13th, most tattoo shops will do like $13 tattoos, which is how I got like, and it's small tattoos, you know, it's how I got this little tiny triangle on my wrist. Like little stickers. Little stickers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're like quick sessions yeah. you know, in and out and people will line up for hours to be able to go into the shop and get these $13 tattoos. Cause it's, you know, usually it's like deposit of 50 bucks at the minimum. So to get a 13 tattoo, $13 tattoo is awesome. So anyway, she went and like most places, they have their books and they have like little stickers, you know, that you can kind of pick off of. Yeah. And they don't let you stray from that book. You have to pick something that's on there. And lots of my friends, we all have $13 tattoos. Just a fun thing to do when you're younger. Um, but she got a tattoo of 
the little half moon and the star. Yeah. Which is actually a, is it Islamic? It might be. Yeah, I think it's Islamic. I was thinking right? like communist for some reason. It's, no, I that's a sickle Islamic. and rail or sickle and nail. It's like a little tiny moon yeah. and a star. I'm pretty sure it's Islamic. I'm so sorry for being ignorant in that. I should know that. But um, she got that. And then her mom, she thought it was a moon and a star. And her mom was well, like, Well, it was a moon uh, and a star. It was a moon and a star, but it actually wasn't. It was actually like, and the tattoo artist didn't even know. The tattoo yeah. artist was ignorant in it. So when she came back, she was crying and she told him, like, people are going to think that I'm, I don't know, something, which is there's nothing wrong. If it is Islamic, there's nothing wrong with being Islamic, but you can understand, like, the connotations towards it. So, yeah. Uh, but, anyways, he covered it up for free for her. So lots of stuff like that happens all what the time. What did she get covered up over the, whatever it was? Whatever that symbol <laughs> her is. Her grandfather, I mean, her grandmother had just passed away. So I'm pretty sure she. She got like a magnolia flower. That's probably like that. better mm-hmm. than the rando. Mm-hmm. But that, that symbol, whatever that symbol represents, I'm not sure. I know what you're talking yeah. about. It always confuses me with South Carolina's symbol because they have like the oh, moon yeah. and mm-hmm. like a fern tree or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. a fern? Is that the real thing? I think so. Can you have a fern tree? Uh, I think it's, yeah. Is it a bush? I, don't think it, I think it's a bush. Okay. I got to move this wire. It's touching me. But like there, there's like, or whatever tree it is that's there. So every time I, uh, I, I see that, I'm always like, isn't that something? And I'm like, oh, that's South Carolina. Yeah. But I don't know what the other something is. I don't know. We'll I'll have Google to Google it. it. Jinx. Buy me Coke. No, we don't drink Coke. We don't have a vending machine either. I'll buy you a hustle. Yeah. Hustle drink. Buy me a hustle drink. Okay. Which are fantastic. Which you haven't had one. We talk about them just about every time. Just about every time. They have ceremonial grade green tea in it. They sure do. Which means a monk prayed over my drink. So initially we came into this convo for a reason. Yeah, we kind of strayed away from that. So, you know, we (laughs) we did. So we own a small business. Yeah, oh, we're, we're, chiropractic. We're actually doing this. Yeah, we're actually doing this. We're gonna we start. might as well, right? Sorry, guys, if you've been listening, we're just now starting the podcast. <laughs> um, it. So we were gonna talk about being an entrepreneur. Yeah, like what it's like being a leader versus a follower. What the difference in those kinds of things are. And I'm gonna let you take the lead on that convo because you know you you taught me how to be a leader. I've known you since I was. 19. Well, you're failing. You're putting me on the spot. Man. I am putting you on the spot because you taught me how to be this way. Well, Everything just, I know is because of you. Well, <laughs> that's not necessarily true. I'm just that's a little. True. I'm just a little bit of a catalyst. When you met me, I was a 19 year old who rode a motorcycle and had a bunch of tattoos. You were the one who <laughs> you did reined, have a, you, you reined me into being an adult. You that did, was you. You did have a motorcycle. I did. I drove I a motorcycle. I barely remember that. I did. Yeah. I, in my head, it's white and blue, but it's, it's white and red. White and red. The tires were red. The rest of it was all white. Yeah, I, I, don't, I barely remember that. Yep. Could you do wheelies? No, I wasn't stupid on my bike. Could you do, like, cool tricks? No, I wasn't stupid on my bike. Yeah, that's true. I'm scared. That's another thing I'm scared of. I'm scared of motor. I'm right. not, like, like this super fear, fearful guy. Like, I'm not scared of tattoos. I'm just scared of dumb decisions I'll right. make. But I am a little fearful of motorcycles. But that's also because I'm ignorant and I don't know how to drive one. Right. So, like, to me, I, they look like, it looks like death on wheels. It is death for on wheels. For me, not for necessarily yeah. everyone that's, like, got skills. Uh-huh. No, it is death on wheels. But, like, for me, I'm like, man, there's no way. I didn't way. care, though. Yeah, well, I get it, man. <laughs> I didn't care. Yeah. I care now. I would not drive a motorcycle now. Yeah, I just couldn't do it. Like, I'm, I'm for people driving motorcycles. I'm not for Chris driving motorcycles because right. I don't think I could handle that yeah. much response. I pull up to your house, and you had that gravel driveway, and yeah. I'd be like, skirt, <laughs> skirt, skirt. Yep. <laughs> that's kind of crazy um, but like yeah, yeah. so like leadership is really tricky like it's something that like when I was mentoring with a lot of mentors that was all you know and I did it professionally all my mentor not all my mentorships but the ones I'm talking about were professional so 
So I thought they were going to be over more professional type stuff, like very specific things. Like this is how you do this better. And this is what this word means. And here's a disease process and understand this or, you know, or whatever, you know, some, some medically sciencey rehabby type stuff. That's what I thought most of my mentor ship would be. Now I'm sure there are mentorships are people that are really into that. Well, that like, but that's not who I got connected with. That's probably why I don't really talk a lot about science too much with people. It's always other stuff that we always like push, not push, but try to help people with. Right. Right. Yeah. So most of my after school education from real life, from people with real life experiences was all on becoming a better like leader um, and basically I like the word mentor better than leader, but I've, over time, like years ago, I've got more accustomed to the word leader. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's cause I thought I wasn't worthy of the title or like, right. you know what I mean? It's like, Oh, I can't be a leader. That's for X, Y, and Z type people. Or I'm right. an A, B and C type people or whatever, mm-hmm. or, or I don't have enough experience or education or thoughtfulness or whatever. Like why would someone listen to me? You know what I mean? Um, now, I don't know if that's true or not, but I've I've, I've wrestled with that. I'm like, why don't I like that word leader? Mm-hmm. And I that, that that could be it. I, I feel I'm, like that has a lot to do with worthiness, if you felt worthy enough yeah. to be a leader. And I feel like if you have been trained well enough in being a leader or being a mentor, you're always going to question whether or not you are being a leader or a mentor. Well, there you go. Maybe it's an awesome, like, positive yeah. <laughs> cycle yeah. feedback loop. I, yeah, of I'm not course. sure. But I used to, like, that was one thing I had to get over is the fact that I have to become a leader. And I was like, well, why don't I got to do that? You know, mm-hmm. I do like the word mentor better. I do love to like, I like to be mentored and I like to mentor other people. Right. So that's probably why I like when we met each other, I was like, Hey, knowledge bomb. (laughs) And here's the knowledge bombs. I'm out. And then I'd walk out or what, you know, whatever. So, um, so I did not, I did not used to like being mentored. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like to uh, learn how to be a leader or learn how to be a mentor. And I think that the main reason that I fought that for a long time and by a long time, I mean, you know, as I was growing up, because I feel like I've always had leadership, quote unquote, capabilities. Uh, But I just fought it for a really long time because I was very shameful of the same things. Like I didn't feel worthy. I was very shameful. I'm not educated enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not quick on my feet enough. Um, I have all these faults and insecurities that I see very, very clearly. And how could I ever be a leader? And that was something that you helped me kind of pull out of because you constantly poured so much, so much love and confidence into me that I was able to turn around and really recognize my own capabilities. And I think that's a very good trait for a leader. Yeah. You got to pour, you got to pour in Mm -hmm. and always know like, you know, and I like the, that, that term pour in because it seems like sometimes that you can pour so much out that you're empty, mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily true. It becomes like this free flowing spigot. Mm-hmm. Like where, I don't know if that's the right word, but like when you start pouring and giving it to someone, like it just keeps going. Right. There that is, doesn't mean you shouldn't take care of yourself. Well, you also true. Make sure that your own. Yeah. But like you'll, yeah, but like, you know, yeah, it's true. That, well, yeah. that's, yeah, that's, that's fair. But I'm just saying like, I used to be scared where that, I guess, yeah, scared is the right word, but mm-hmm. it's probably a more like nuanced word to really describe it. But I used to be like fearful or something of like, or I'm going to help these people or try to lead them. They're going to catch up to me because I only know so much stuff. Like kind of like the pie is not infinite. What's the opposite of that? Finite. Sorry. Like the pie is finite. And then once I serve all this delicious pie, they're going to be better than me and surpass me. Yeah. That sounds like a dirty movie. (laughs) Sorry. I heard that. That was funny. Um, But I'm, (laughs) but um, I got you with that one. Gotcha. She, oh, I feel like she always tries to not laugh at my jokes oh, when we're doing man. these, oh, but, <laughs> um, but when I'm, you know, when you like, or whatever this, 
delicious dessert is that you have in leadership, like your leadership dessert, if you, you know, serve it out to people that eventually it'll be gone. And then, now that's true. Though sometimes people that you're mentoring, they outgrow you as a mentor. It's supposed to be like that's that. That's exactly right. Like, yeah. That's exactly. Because that they, person passes it on and that person passes it, passes it on and then the, all of society grows and learns and flourishes. Yeah, yeah. And then that person will go leave whoever, like leave our mentorship or whatever, you know I mean? Whatever it is and go find someone who knows some other stuff and some, some new right. things that they're interested in, you know what I mean? And it branches off as we go through there, um, which is beautiful. But then also as a person who's like, as the leader, you know, like you do, I don't know if you have a responsibility, but it usually comes with the territory of like improving yourself as well. Like mm-hmm. usually if you're pouring into someone else, you're doing some sort of self-improvement as well. Mm-hmm. So self-improvement has always been so difficult for me to, hold on to because self-improvement points out the issues in yourself that aren't improved or need improvement. And I've always, like I said, like pushed that away so much that it took a lot. It took a lot of, it took me growing up and actually becoming an adult for me to enjoy self-improvement. That's always been where that was really hard. Now I gobble it up. Now I love doing that kind of stuff because I'm not ashamed of of who I am or what I am, you know? Yeah. It's also hard, especially when, you know, I don't know if it's when you're younger or just whatever mindset you're in. Like it's hard to have someone say, Hey, this isn't such a great thing that you do. Right. And then most of the not so great things we do, we don't do them consciously. We're not like, Oh, I'm going to do this to this person. I'm going to say, I'm going to be a jerk. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes we do, but it's just like these patterns that we get into and we do the patterns. But you, you do them unconsciously. That's why mm-hmm. they're called like psychology. They're, they're like these psych- psychological patterns that you get into. And there's always a payoff. We do the pattern. And a lot of the times, like for what you're saying, the payoff for what you're mentioning would be like something like, you know, uh, protection. Like, yep. you, you know, less like pain. I, less pain. Yep. I don't, I do no this. No friction, no growth. That's fine. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't cause friction. Yeah, it's true. Causes friction. Yeah. Right? So yeah. your body, not your You're brain, protecting it, yeah. so your brain goes, okay, cool. I don't feel uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. I'm going to continue this pattern. So who was it, which mentor or which leader was it that was able to get you out of it? Or do you think that as a young adult, you always had that drive? And then when you were introduced to your first mentor, then it kind of skyrocketed? Or did your first mentor have to break through those things like you had to break through them with me? Probably both. Mm-hmm. Probably both. Like, so like, I don't know if I've always had the the, the drive to be better. Well, maybe I have. I feel like you always have had the drive. I do have drive. I do like you know, tell me I can't do something. Watch me. Yeah. Type of, you know, but I'm trying to get off of that. Cause that's really unhealthy. It's, it's very productive. Yes. I can achieve things, which I didn't think I'd be able to achieve, but it wasn't necessarily the best journey. Now, you know, go, they always say the journey is the best part, which is usually true, but sometimes the motivation behind the journey can like sully it a little bit, mm-hmm. not the whole thing. Like I it understand. doesn't negate it, yeah. but like I do a lot of the, a lot of the things I don't I can't think of anything I'm sure something will pop up but something like I do and it's because I was like oh I'm gonna show you mm-hmm. or like oh you don't think I could do it watch me which yeah. is a good motivator and it really works for me mm. but sometimes it makes it like I don't know a little bit more negative yeah. than it should be if you could flip that there's probably I've never said this out loud so I'm, I'm a little long winded on it but if I could flip that mode if I was smart enough or emotionally intelligent enough to flip that. It can have the same motivator, right? People's, yeah. you know, I can't control or we can't control right. what people say, what motivations, but I could right. probably have wordsmith and flip that where it would have been more positive. It says like, fuck you mentality. Right. But, so, okay. So back to the question. Oh yeah. So I don't know what I was talking about that for. I asked you who it was. I always that, forget what that started your mentorship 
path. Oh yeah, or if I'd already had it, but you know, Who I don't was know. Your first person. Um, books. Books were your first. Yeah, it, and that sounds lame, but it really was. Like I, I learned to have mentors from afar, and I learned that's a thing that people so do. What book was it? What was your first like mentor book? I don't know. Let me think about that. So what happened was like I went through doctor school, right? And then for four and a half or four years, whatever it was, I was going through. It was that doctor. Well, hold on a second. I've had lots of doctors. Sorry, but I just yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you said, the first, like what yeah, kind of the the started. First, yeah. So, but um, and I think it was books was the real answer. Okay. So like after I got done with school, like you know, I got I graduated, and then I had to like um, go through like some some national tests and boards and stuff to mm-hmm. get my license to practice. So there was a couple. Fancy. Yeah, it was fancy. It's not as that quick. It's not that fancy. <laughs> it's not as fancy it's as you want. It's just you got to be like the the state and the government have to know that you're you know like a bare minimum of knowledge, <laughs> and you're right. not going to hurt anybody right. or do anything weird or creepy. But um, so like I went through school, and it was like. Four years and it was intense. Like the schooling, I was probably he's in, talking about doctor school, just in case you were wondering. Yeah, and I was probably in the seat like thirty-five to forty hours of just like mm-hmm. lecture, like so like, eight or nine hours a day of pure lecture, and then you had to like, go read all the stupid textbooks. They're stupid just because there was like so much. Inf- it's a textbook, right? About physiology or something. It's not like mm-hmm. an awesome book about magic or something. Um. So I did that for four years. So I was always just like reading and reading and learning and reading and learning. But it was all science and stuff right which was appropriate so as soon as i sorry as soon as i graduated i was like i had nothing to do for a couple like i think it was eight or nine weeks i was waiting to get well, practice uh-huh. yeah because i couldn't practice because right. like i didn't have and a it license was a long time. yeah, yeah it was about nine weeks i think before i got all my licensing like back in hand and everything so i just ended up like so like the first day first or second day out of school i was just sitting wherever i was and i was like i need to read because I've been reading and li- like taking notes and reading lecture notes and PowerPoints and textbooks for so long. Yeah. So I just like, I think this is the first time I, I this isn't necessarily true because I went a little bit more, but this is one of the first times where I went to like Barnes and Nobles mm-hmm. just to peruse a book. Like, That's I went, my I, favorite thing to yeah, do in the whole world. Yeah. Now it's one of, Barnes and Nobles. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's one of my all time. I love going yeah. with you. That's why I love. Oh, really? Yeah. All I like right. going like, cause we like some of the same kind of books, some yeah. different ones. So it's kind of cool. Like, you yeah. know, it's magic kinda, and learning. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But we just love those things. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes you'll like, you'll pop up like a book. You're like, Oh, I've read this one. I'm like, Oh, bet it's awesome. But I would have mm-hmm. never picked up based off the cover. You right. Know what I mean, or whatever. But, um, so yeah, was one of the first I had been to I've been to bookstores and buy books, but it was with a purpose. I didn't like peruse. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want that book. I need it for class. Right. I need this, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? So I didn't have anything to do. So I just went and sat down and opened up these books and just started crushing them because they were very easy to read because they weren't physiology and like differential diagnosis and crap like that. Mm-hmm. So like the vocabulary was just regular people vocabulary. So it was easier to read. So I was burning through books. Mm-hmm. And then they happened to be, I don't know why. Oh, <laughs> because I was like, oh man, I'm probably going to open up a business because I have to like take care of people. Yeah. I was like, how do you be a manager? Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I'm going to hire somebody. Yeah. I was like, what? Because yeah. all I've done for like the past like eight, nine years is go to school and learn uh-huh. fancy words. So, yeah. so I started reading books on that because I had something that clicked in my head. So it was just like a thought flash that happened to mm-hmm. me while I was there. Or maybe I walked through the section, right? right. You know what I mean? Where it clicked. And I just started picking up those personal development and business growth books or whatever, whatever they are, you know, they're kind of lumped together. And I just, I sat down, I grabbed one of them. I sat down and I read it at Barnes and Nobles in like three hours. Damn. It was a pretty, well, it wasn't that thick of a book, but they were so easy to read compared to what I was used to. Now the hard to apply, some of the concepts were super hard to apply, but understanding what was in the book was super easy. So I just started, I remember that first day, I think I read three books. I was there for like 12 hours and I just like burned through these books. And one of them like was very cliche, but it's a very good book. I've actually wanted to get you to read it. 
Mm-hmm. But I think we're past that now. But it's what? good. It's called the one minute manager. The one minute manager. Yeah, it's I, a, it's very cliche. Hold on, that oh. sounds really familiar. It's a very, I feel like I read that not with you, but along with you, like it, a long time ago. You maybe did. It's a very. When I was like a sophomore and junior in college. Yeah, it's a very cliche book. Meaning, it's kind of small. Yeah, I think I read it, that a long time well, ago with you. It's probably like this. Book. That's a small book for me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But <clears throat> it's not a pamphlet. Yeah. It's a really good book, though. Like, it's a really way, when good manager. way to manage people. Mm-hmm. How do you learn, you know, when you don't know what you're talking about? So that was the first book I read. Okay. So it's a very cliche book to read as the first one. But I like that guy. His name is, I think it's Ken Blanchard, which is at, off the top of my head. I think that's who that is. And then mm-hmm. I started reading that day. I went and grabbed like three more of his books because mm-hmm. they're all beside each other. So I read through those and then I read some like books about whales. <laughs> There's a book called Whale Done. I think he wrote that one, too. That's a really good book. Really? Yeah, because it's about how they use positive training to to train killer whales. Oh, okay. To get to do what they want to do, like at SeaWorld and stuff. Orcas? And, uh, yeah, and then how to apply that mm-hmm. to people and to help use positive. To, like, all right, like, all right, all Yeah, right. so the whole premise of the book is like they use the animal trainers, like how you get a killer whale to do what you want to do, right? And they go through how they Orca. do. Orca. Um, so when I read that book, it was a really good one. But come to find out. That like SeaWorld and like these other places, they are horrible to their animals. They are. So what I read in that book is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like, it's either. Uh, so uh, you know what I mean? I'm sure it's they. It's all been a lie yeah, so it is all a, these years. It is a good book. So if I'm, t- I'm not telling you not to read the book. It's a good book. But I'm just saying they they omit like the torture, <laughs> the, the starvation. Yes, they, they starve the animals. So mm-hmm. that way when they do give them like a fish, they're like, they'll do it because mm-hmm. they're starving. And there's lots of, lots of crazy Oh yeah, crap. they're crazy. I watched, I wish I could remember right now. So you can go check it there's a Joe Rogan podcast where he had, um, they call him the seal whisperer because like he has this crazy connection with a seal or a walrus. Oh man. I can't remember. It's one of the two. Sorry. I, sorry. I I didn't know we're going to talk about the the walrus slash seal whisperer today, but if you Google it, you'll find it. But anyways, this guy, like, um, he worked at SeaWorld or one of those type of places. And whenever this seal slash walrus (laughs) was born, the first person that he saw was this guy. Mm-hmm. So like when the animals, like the first person that they, they imprint, yeah, they imprint mm-hmm. on them. And he said, it's very, very rare for like these animals to imprint a human on them. Mm-hmm. Like to actually imprint a human, they imprint like, you know, their species, but for whatever reason it, that didn't happen with this particular seal slash walrus. And like, as soon as he saw that guy, that was his mom or dad. I, I imagine mom, like that's the first person mm-hmm. that they see. It was the mom. So they had this crazy relationship. And then, that kind of changed, like, because he, you know, he was doing the protocols and procedures of SeaWorld or someplace in Canada, I think is where he worked at. And then once but the he, Canadians have way better relationships with their uh, animals than no, they're not, in captivity. No, 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 not these ones. Oh, not these not ones? This particular, okay. I'm not saying the country. I gotcha. But this particular, it's like the Canadian SeaWorld. Sorry, okay. it slips my mind because I've okay. never been there, but like they treat them so bad. So anyway, he had this like, motherly relationship with this walrus or seal. Yeah. And then he couldn't stand, I think it kind of changed his perspective on like how they were treating him to right. get to do what they want to do. So check out that podcast. You have to Google it. I can't remember the actual guy's name or if it was a seal or a walrus, but it, it was crazy. <laughs> but anyways, the point of the story is like everything I read in that book, I think was bullshit. Yeah. As far as what the actual, it worked for it you. Did. It did. Well, they're good because principles. It started you on this path of like it, greatness. You yeah. Know? Well, it started me on awesome. a, it started me on a path of thinking about my, Inec- not my inequities, my insecurities and my deficiencies and stuff, right. so I can raise them up so I can not suck so bad. But um, that's a bus one of the first, I would say the answer to your question. 20, was that trip to Barnes and Nobles? 20 yeah, minutes 20 later. minutes later is that trip to Barnes Welcome and Welcome to Dr. Odom. Dr. O tangent. We've already went through this. This is the podcast is tangents. 
It's true. It's that, tangents and then all of going, okay, back to the question. Yeah, okay, well, you know, you go, you know. That's how our whole life is, that's, though. That's You're me. like, ah, la, 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 la. It's good, though, because I'm very, um, I'm very A ter- type personality and. You're I don't more, give a. F- you're more creative I than I am. I like to say you're just more creative. Yeah. You're the creator. I'm the integrator. But it doesn't mean that you don't need more structure and I don't need more creativity. So it works well. Yeah, it does work really good. It works good. well. Yeah. And sometimes we irritate each other, but it works well. Well, if I were like you, we'd punch each other. Yes, we would. And if you were like me. We'd punch each we other. We wouldn't punch each other, but nothing would happen. Like nothing. You don't think so? Nothing would happen. Nothing would happen. We wouldn't move. It's true. We would. I mean, if you were exactly like me, we, we would, would never like, do anything. Yeah, like nothing yeah. would have. There'd be no podcast. I mean, there would be nothing. You know what I mean? That's so. not true. I, I did put this a lot to this together. Yes, yes, yes I, you did. I went to YouTube. You did the YouTube. I learned a lot. And I bought a bunch of dumb microphones and recording equipment. We'll but now I got some out, sweetness. Yeah, I got the sweetness. So, okay, that's pretty interesting. So, too. yeah, to answer your question, like it was. Mentor, and, and then I, I, yeah, and then that really let me know. And then after that, I kept buying books. Like I bought, I've never bought so many books in my life. Um, because I was trying to get ready, you know what I mean, for life, or like because I just went to school and I had like it, they didn't talk about interpersonal skills or communication right. at all. And you say that all the time. That's what doctor school teaches you how to be pass a board. doctor. It teaches you how to pass boards, yeah, but it doesn't teach you how to actually talk to another human being who's yeah, sitting in front of you that you need to doctor. Well, if you think about yeah. it, when you go to most doctors, mm. most patients' complaint is that they were a dick, right. They yeah. didn't listen to me. Yeah. They didn't. Yeah. Those kinds of That's, things. I yeah. mean, they don't really rarely yeah. complain about like their treatment plan, diagnosis procedures. I mean, that does happen sometimes, but like almost every single person complains about the communication. It's true. And that's why people love certain doctors because if, if you listen, it's because they either save their life, which is, I get, I get that. Or it's like, they talk to me, they listen, we communicate. He listens to my needs, wants, and desires as opposed to what I want to have happen. Like patient, mm-hmm. the patient expected outcome is an important part of healthcare. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we talk about this all the time with our team in our own office is we strive very, very hard to not be a sliding door doctor. Yeah. Well, tell me what that means. Cause I think I made that term up. I think you made up the sliding door doctor, but I made up the creature who lives behind the sliding okay. door. So the sliding door I'll talk about. So you ever go to like a doctor's office? Like they, they're kind of disappearing now, but there are, there's still some, there's still a lot actually. I was just at the doctor last week. Okay. Yeah. There's still some. There's just yeah. Tons of them, Where, yeah. Like when you walk up, it's all weird when you, so weird. when you walk in there and they have like that, they have like the plexiglass that's, that's iced. Um, that's iced over, like, you know, shaded over. And then they slide the door and they pass this, the clipboard and it has the little sticker thingies and you write your name the time you arrived. And if you're a new patient and then, I always feel like as soon as they slide the door, it's like a monster behind. That's what I'm saying. It's going, a creature. License and insurance yeah, cards. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. like, and they don't and ask they you your name. You. They don't yeah. tell you their name. They don't say hi. Thank you for coming or any of that stuff. And it's like, I always tell what are, what's the creature who, if it eats after midnight, it becomes a creature. There's a name. Gremlin. A, is it a gremlin? Yeah. But there's like a movie about one yeah, of those guys. Gremlins. Is it called Gremlins? Grim- she just headbutted the microphone. I don't know why I keep doing that every podcast. <laughs> but um, no, hold it's on. like yeah, the Gremlin. Like on, they close on. the door. Hold on, hold on. There's a movie. There's a movie. It's called Gremlins. Is it? The Gremlins? second one is called Gremlins 2. <laughs> I think there's a third one that went straight to DVD. It's probably called Gremlins 3. Is it really Gremlins? Yeah. I feel like there was a Google name it. for that creature who ate things. Well, if you're talking about like if you eat after midnight, yeah. if you get them wet, yeah. that's Gremlin. Oh. So the Gremlin is the bad thing. Okay, there, so Gremlin. So there's the like, cute so, thing. I forgot the cute thing's name. I don't know, but they close the door or they open, they they take the clipboard back and then they close their little frosted plexiglass window thing and it's like everybody becomes a Gremlin on the other side. Like, <laughs> yeah. rawr, rawr, rawr. 
I'm a sick of blood. Like um, as soon as you slide, the, 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 as soon as you hand them your insurance card, like, yeah. it's after midnight. And they it's eat, after midnight. And they get and wet. They wet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. everything goes downhill from there. Yep. And that's what we strive to really, really not do in our office. Uh, we want to make sure that everybody feels as comfortable as possible. And during, especially during their first couple of appointments, we want to give them a more concierge, concierge, concierge. Yeah. Health concierge. Yes, That's right. A, and and to walk you through the process rather than you kind of come in and you fumble around, you don't know where you're going, you don't really know what's going on for the rest of your appointment. We always really try to communicate with our patients as much as possible. Hey, this is what we're going to be doing. Do you have any questions? Let's do it together. Let's walk through this together. Because um, we, you know, interper- interpersonal relationships is very, very important. Yeah, super important. There's a lot of different kinds of doctors that are doing that. And like all kinds of doctors are going to. It's called, it's got a cool name. I can't remember, but like I know it's, generally called like health concierge service or something like that. And it seems to be most doctors that are not relying on insurance are taking the, yeah, most, they feel like, because you know, if you think about it, if you have insurance, like it's like the patient's not necessarily paying for the care, you know what I mean? They're not paying $300 for a blood test or whatever. So it seems like it may be human nature that the people that are providing the procedure, not getting it, not the patient, but Mm -hmm. the healthcare providers know it's fine. They're not the ones paying. They may have to pay your copay and deductible. I get that. But like, you don't have to give them service. You know? Right. Just like if you go to a restaurant, like if you have to pay for the steak and it's $80 for a steak dinner, like you'll get really good service mm-hmm. as opposed to, I can't think of a place you could walk in and get a free steak. Right. If you, let's say you had like a Wix card or something for it. Yeah. yeah. Or if just some other person you never, exactly. like in a different country were to pay for your food, they wouldn't, the people providing it wouldn't necessarily give you the best experience because mm-hmm. you're not the person paying. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. it's a, it's a whole thing. You can go, yeah, it's a whole thing. Like for medical doctors, what they do, like I found it's pretty cool. And it's, instead of taking insurance, you pay like a monthly membership. It's not a membership, but you pay like a monthly, they have a fancy word for it, but it's mm-hmm. basically a monthly fee mm-hmm. and you go to the doctor. It, mm-hmm. It's all inclusive when you go. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. So we kind of, we don't do it, take that last little chunk out, but as far as the experience goes in our office, we really, really try to do that. So, um, so question, what do you feel like is the most important thing that separates a a mentor slash leader compared to a follower? Are you trying to get this podcast back on track? Yeah. Hold on. Let me drink some of your water. Always do it. It's cold. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I drank mine already. I don't think I answered your other question. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think did? I finished answering it. Uh, there was a two-parter, and I, I just remember. went on about Barnes and Nobles and know. reading books and stuff. Remember. It's all good. All right. Well, what was this question? What's the difference between being a leader and a follower when you are? I get yeah. In general, well, that's a tough one, man. Yeah. That's yeah. I guess like you have to have like unbridled belief in the future and that you can make it happen. Yeah. That's just off the top of my head. You have to be passionate about what you're leading. It's true. In. That's also, it's multifactorial. You have to be bought into the idea of it. You have to be passionate about it. And then you need to be able to have the uh, stamina to, Get to push that through. Yeah. Yeah. There's a new uh, word in psychology. It's called grit. It's a book I've been telling you about. We yep. should, we should read it again. I need to read it again too, but it's about um, passer, passion and passion preservation over towards the goal over time. But that's what grit is. Like they define it psychologically Mm -hmm. that way. So like a lot of people would say they get all fired up about something. Like they want to have a podcast because it's fun. It's exciting. We get to talk and meet people and, you know, but then I think the average on iTunes is six or eight episodes. Mm -hmm. So most people do it for six or eight episodes. Right. And then they just stop doing it because they lost, they had the passion at one time and they were like, yeah, we'll go all in for, 
two months to do it, but then they lose the, uh, whatever the passion the grit, and the grit. Yeah. So they lose the grit. They lose the present. Uh, I can't say, I almost say preservation. The, uh, you perseverance, per- perseverance over time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, over time. So like that, that's important, that yeah. factor, but you got, I think, you know, the, you know, how multifactorial, um, all that stuff, like passion and mm-hmm. all these type of things. So like, I think so what, what kind of transcends someone from, and you could be a follower and a leader in different dimensions yeah. of your life as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. it, it can, it, and which is awesome. But I'm talking about like in, in, yeah, but I think you have to see a preferred or better future Yeah, and know that you can impact and help lead something towards it. And you have to believe that. That's what I meant. Everything. That's what I meant. Like, yeah, yeah you just have to see a preferred future. Like mm-hmm. this is the present. I see a better future. And then to know it, you know, with all that stuff and go, then I can help blank get there. One right. person, people, community, whatever, you know, whatever the, the thing is, you know what I mean? Or a certain subset of a community or group. And then, then all the other stuff comes, they have to be bought in and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. then you have to have grit because most people quit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it rhymed. Yeah. I, I didn't mean for that right. to rhyme. Got to have grit because most people quit. Boom. But um, that's really hard is to, what's the word that starts with a P? Persevere. Persevere. Sorry. Like, it is hard to press of persevere, man. Persevere. My southernness is coming out. I got yes, the, uh, I got the molasses mouth. I got that molasses. Molasses. But, um, yeah, it, it's hard to persevere over time mm-hmm. because it's not a straight line. And a lot of people that get into things think it's like, if you're, no. yeah. So they think there's an X at the bottom and then maybe an X like up right above it. And it's going to be a straight line to success, like straight right. up when it's like, you probably seen the memes where it's like up, down, up, down, squiggly. All the way around and yeah. Yeah. Or how I thought I was going to get there, how I actually got mm-hmm. there. And it's like all squiggled and stuff. That's pretty true. I mean, like there's no, I don't think there's a truer meme <laughs> that exists than that one. It's definitely mm-hmm. up there. Um, but like going through those different squiggles and bumps in the road and stuff are really, 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 really hard. Like if you look at podcasting, right, I think the average is eight. Mm-hmm. It might be less than that, but like there's like, they say there's a million podcasts now, but mm-hmm. the average is eight episodes mm-hmm. on there. So um, why? You know, what happened to the passion? Yeah, no what, yeah what happened? Yeah. It, you know, it fizzles out, you know, and that happens sometimes. But and then one thing is like your preferred future. The thing you're shooting for, like your why and your passion, all that stuff has to be bigger than the bumps in the road, mm-hmm. which I think is a problem because some people, you know, um, aim too low when they're shooting for things. Yeah. I think um, Les Brown has one of my favorite quotes. I think I say almost every podcast. Well, the last one, but like, you know, most people, he says, that, and I agree with him, that most people don't succeed or reach their potential, not because they aim too high and miss. It's because they aim too low and hit. Mm-hmm. So if your goal's small and you hit it, then what else is there? Yeah. If your goal's not big enough to, if if your your preferred future and the things that you want to achieve aren't bigger than the road, the bumps that come and come your way, then why would you go over the mountain to make it happen? Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that I struggle with. They aim like they don't, you know, whatever your goal is and the thing that you want to achieve, I think you need a times at times a hundred. So that's why, like, we go through stuff. You know, like my ultimate vision and goal is really big, but because that's what helps me get through the hard parts. Right. If it was just to have a mediocre business, no one would use that word. But basically, that's what they want. They want a business that's going to like stay like open. Like an average business. Yeah, but if you just think about it, mm-hmm. I just want to have a business. Well, what does that mean? To me, when I hear I just want to have my business going, that mm-hmm. means you want to pay your bills. Uh-huh. And not, not really anything else. And then maybe yeah. make some money that's okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, not a lot, but mm-hmm. you just want to do okay, right? So that's what I hear when I hear things like that. So, but why would you go, why would you go through Corona for that? 
You know what I mean? When the economy shuts down for a different... A lot of people didn't make it. That's what I'm saying. But a like, lot of people did not make it. Well, some people didn't make it from financial reasons, which mm-hmm. is fair because, uh, I mean, in some states, it's, it's super locked down. We're going on like month six mm-hmm. or something right now. Um, but, um, like, you know, if you did push through, because it's hard. Like, why mm-hmm. would you do that if you just wanted to have an average business? Like, if that was your goal, I wouldn't mess with all this stuff that's happening right, right now. But your goal has to be huge, you know? Right. You know, for us, we want to radically empower and ch- impact our community. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. Right? I want them to be healthy, but like I want them to choose it. Yeah, like I want them that you know me. Like that's mm-hmm. our whole thing. I want people to choose what they want and get it right, like, health wise or like goal wise. Like if you want to be able to run a run five run a five k, good, go do it. Like what are, you know, be empowered right. to go make your life better where you can do that. Cause it would be so much easier for us to look at our patients and to scare them because what their future looks like is kind of scary. The fact that they won't be able to function that they will, the way that they want to, that they won't have range of motions, that they won't be able to get out of bed. Yeah, I was going to say, won't be able to drive, go to the mailbox. Won't be able to drive, go to the mailbox, dance with their wife. Like, there's so many different things that these people have won't sex, be able to do. which is a big one. It's huge. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, that's crazy. Like, right. physically not able to, like, right. I can't do it because it hurts so bad. Right, exactly. It sounds like a joke, but I'm not actually, no, that's like can't a, go to work, and if you can't go to work, how are you going to pay your bills? All kinds family of family is struggling. So we could look at every single person who comes in with some kind of major issue, and we could say, hey, look, you have this major issue, and you're life is going to be destroyed or we can empower them. We can help them figure out what their goals are so that they can continue to strive to better their bodies and better their minds and better their life. So it's like, we could use the scare tactic, but instead we want a better community that we can empower. And that is freaking hard. It is harder because people do not want to do things that are good for them unless there's a million dollars at the end of it. Or if it's fast or super fast. Yeah, no one wants to do anything that's not fast. Yep. But like human bodies don't respond fast right. to just about anything. And then they of, have to work for. Yeah, it's hard. Know? But yep. that you know, that, you know yep. like, that's a good yep. like leadership and entrepreneurship is a very good parallel to we'll just use health or being a victim in life as you know, you, you could use a health model if you want mm-hmm. or any dimension of your life, but um because like you have to take extreme individual ownership yep. and you can't let someone else's biography and decisions dictate your future. You know, I always like to tell you and the rest of the team and patients when they come in about the starting line, mm-hmm. there is a starting line in right. life, but not all of us. Some of us have a toe on the line. Some mm-hmm. of us are a mile back. Mm-hmm. So I'm not denying the fact that we start from different spots, but you can't, once you're born and you have your starting line or, you know, genetically or socioeconomically or uh, not society, but like with your family, whatever, mm-hmm. you don't have any control over that. So like once it's like, why freak out over it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Boom. This is what's happened. But some people will take those different sadnesses that you can have and then embody, embody them and then blame all those ripples around them for all their problems. And I'm not saying that those ripples don't cause problems because they do. They do, yeah. They definitely do, but you're going to have those problems whether whether or not you freak out about right, them or not. Exactly. You know what I mean? They're still going to be there, so you might as well take ownership and then get out and get as close to the starting line and get going in the race of life as mm-hmm. opposed to blaming other people for your circumstances. Mm-hmm. And like, um, and it's the same thing, sorry, the kind of the, the, the parallel between, I think when in health, like, you know, that's the main, that's all you can do is take individual, individual responsibility for what's going on for your mind, what's going on for your body and what's going on for your spiritual health. And then work on making it better. There's, right. it doesn't matter where you started at. You still have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing when it comes to owning a business, it's like, you can't blame your location. You can't blame your team. If you hire, if you're the hiring mm-hmm. person, you can't blame the team. I'm the hiring person. Yeah. You can't blame them because you hired them and trained them. And then if they're not the right person, then you need to get the right person in. It's it's okay. You know what I mean? So like you can't, but like a lot of people will blame 
not take responsibility. They blame right. their location that they picked. Right. They blame their team that they hired. Right. Um, or they blame someone else's finances or they blame their marketing company that they hired. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you can't blame all these people. Now I'm not saying it doesn't play it does, right. at all. It's factual. Those but, are all the symptoms. Yeah, yeah. We talk about that all the time. But the, the, Those the, are all the symptoms, yeah, but, but the, it's not the cause. It's not the cause. The cause is you. Yeah. You're, you're the, they, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're the hirer. you're the right. firer. you're right. the, you picked a location, right. you did the build out, you designed it or whatever. Mm-hmm. You hired the person who did that stuff or whatever, when it comes to business and you chose it, or you're, the, you're the, they that chose to go into that venture. So you can't, you have to be aware of all the different factors, mm-hmm. just like in health. But then you, once they're there, like for our business or our office, like I'm, that's not going to like magically transport to a different city. Right. It's there. It's awesome. So you can't blame. But once you set that emotion, you have to take, you know, individual responsibility and then work on the deficiencies and work on making them better, just mm-hmm. like you do in your health and in your life. So, so what's the difference between, uh, what's the difference between what you've learned? Did I answer your question? Yeah. kind of. <laughs> okay. What's the difference between how you learned how to be a leader in your regular life, meaning like in, in your day to day life. And also when you were a doctor, but working in somebody else's office versus being a leader now that, now that we have this, this office that is solely dictated by us. How has your leadership changed? Through I thought that? you were going to say by me. I was like, it's not dictated by me. That's what I thought you were going to say. I was like, girl, I, I know. I was like, girl, don't lie to the people. Um, it's dictated by me. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. He has a lot to say. I have it set up like the mob. Like, like no one talks to me. They talk to her and then she talks to me and then I talk to her and then she talks to everybody else. It's fantastic. I learned that from, I love mom movies. Like my, when I was a kid, very weird. I don't know why, but I, re, I took the mom movie and they're also very popular in the nineties. Yes. Like huge, like with like, you know, Robert De Niro and mm-hmm. like, you know, Scarface and, um, oh man, Al Pacino and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Godfathers, which, you know, I get it. We're in the seventies, the first one or whatever. But, um, yeah, I always took those movies and like, I'll always learn, like I saw, they teach you in the movies why they have the, the, the Italian mob set up in tears and like, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a hierarchy, a power yeah. hierarchy in, in, in the why. So I took that. So we're not, I mean, like I have, I do have it set up that way where like hardly anyone talks to me, but you, so it's kind of cool. That's good. That wasn't the answer to your question. Nope. That was just a fun fact. Fun fact about our office. That I love. Oh man. They I love go through me. Yeah. To talk to him. But yeah, I was, yeah, I know, right? But I was just saying, like, yeah, try to catch me on the phone at work. It ain't happening. It's not happening. <laughs> it's not going down. Um, what was your question? What is the difference in your leadership? Like, what uh, has changed from before office to now that we have office? Yeah, because you were talking about, like, trying to be a doctor and, like, lead when you don't mm-hmm. own the office, which mm-hmm. is my, where I, where I uh, nope, that's not what I asked. You did. <laughs> that's what you want to talk about. No, 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 you said, watch, I'll record the tape. Go you ahead. did it. What did you say? You did it. What were you, what do you think I said? You said, what was it like to lead when you're not in charge, basically, as opposed to being nope. in charge? Ah. It kind of, kind See? of, kind of what I asked, but not I, quite. I did it. I don't want to know about the before. I want to know how you've changed now. Hmm. Well, it's like way harder when you actually like, there is no one else to blame. Yeah. So like that makes it harder and easier. Yeah. Cause when you have someone else to blame, you have the opportunity to blame them, Mm -hmm. whether you do it out loud or mentally. And most people do it, you know, inside of your head, like, man, if that guy would just do this, man, this would be all their fault. Or if they would just, if she would just do this thing or stop doing this or fire Mm -hmm. this, you know, whatever, then everything would be great. Like they're keeping me back or they're doing this. Right. So now I don't have that option. Okay. This doesn't exist. There is literally no one I can go, you know what, man, that person, if they get out of here, it'll be way better. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? It's all on you. Yeah. So like that, that option doesn't even exist. I can't even toy with that option psychologically or mentally. Mm -hmm. I can't even, I wouldn't say it out loud, but I can't even bounce it around in my brain. So like I'm fully aware of that everything stops with, you know, with all the decisions that we make. So and I can't blame anyone. And then, but to answer your question, like that scenario being gone, some people will thrive in that environment of being at the top of the hierarchy, being at the top of the pyramid. Yeah. And then some people will collapse mm-hmm. at the t- being at the top of the pyramid because mm-hmm. there's a lot of stress and pressure because like, you know, everything you do has consequences. Whether right. Generally, you know, if you're just thinking the pure business model or just business, not in healthcare, mm-hmm. like, you know, all the decisions you make have a financial impact on mm-hmm. the health of your business and yourself, mm-hmm. which also like for me, it impacts like the, the, the team, like the mm-hmm. employees. Like I look at, I don't look at them like, I don't look at them as, I don't look at that as like children. That's not true, Mm -hmm. but I am very parental over it. Very paternal over like, I want to be able to pay people a good wage. I want to bonus people like, you know, the, the, the stress and threat of not being a good place for someone to work. It does weigh on me. We talk about it. I don't know if I've said it quite like that. We've talked about that. Yeah. But like it weighs on me heavy, you know, and it's not like parental as far as children. We're we're in the position now where we support other people and their families. Yeah. And their kids. I know. And I know their families and and their kids. We see their kids all the time. And we know if they can't make their bills, like we're all very, our team is very, very, very close. And, and that is difficult because you have to think about how your actions are going to affect five, five other people's families. Yeah. And so they, you know, like not that, uh-huh. that stress can crumble some people. It, it crumbles most entrepreneurs. Maybe not just the, oh, I got to pay people and I like them or I don't want to pay. I enjoy it. I enjoy taking care of our team. I do too. But like the, you have the stress of providing. Like yeah. it can't, like, so the decisions that I make or we make can right. ultimately like, oh, we have to shut down or mm-hmm. we have to fire three Which people. we've had to do through COVID. I yeah. mean, we didn't have to shut down completely, but we definitely had to minimize and we had to furlough people. We it was had, hard. We had to have hard conversations with people where it was like, hey, you're not going to have a job for this bit. But the thing is- TBD. We, y- to, yeah. Like, we, we don't it, even like know it, when like, you're going to be able to come like back. Like in March, like we had no clue. We, you know, everyone, mm-hmm. you know, so, no one knew what was going on with the laws and right. like, just with everything and right. ordinances, like, you know, whether, whether or not what's you think- people should do. Like, we didn't even know what the laws were going to be. Exactly. Um, and it was just you and I just rocking it out in that office. And it was very, very scary to talk to people, but I feel like we handled that very well just because we love our team so much and they see that. Yeah. And they, and they also love us. So it was easier for us because our team was all very, very accepting and very grateful for what we could give them, what we could help them with, you know, and give me a stomach ache though. That's what I'm oh, saying. Heck yeah. It did. It's like I was stressed oh, out, man. Yeah, like that's like, I'm like knowing I, that every day our team members aren't working means one more day in debt that they're going. Yeah. And, you know? then, and that's freaking scary. And then in that little, so like there's the whole stress of decisions that have lasting impact and stuff. But that was like an acute, that was like breaking an arm, like something Yes. when March happened, when, uh, when the pandemic first kind of like broke out or whatever, like it was like an acute thing that happened. It was like, okay, this is everything that we do is hyper-focused, hyper-intense, positively and negatively. So Uh, like all the choices were really, really, that was hard. what's going on. Yeah. It gets hard. So like that stress that some people can't handle being at the top of the hierarchy. Mm -hmm. Um, but me not having someone to blame. Yep. Like I've always, even when we talk, I'm always like, it's, this, different, this yeah. stops here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is my fault. Like it's always what's going on. So um, thriving in that is tough. Yeah. So like being, but sorry to answer your question. 
I responded positively to not, I think that not having someone else to blame. A lot of people don't want to be at the bottom of the pyramid, the one holding the sucker mm -hmm. up, doing all the grunt work or whatever. But most people, what I think what they really want to do is be middle management. They really want to be near the top of the pyramid. Where they don't have to, they get responsibilities and also like, um, what's the word? Safety. Safety. Yeah. Because there's no pressure. Correct. You just have to do you know, right. whatever. I mean, there's pressure to everything, but it's not being the top of the pyramid. Like that's where right. with a hierarchy, that's where all the pressure is. So I think, I think a lot of people want to be a couple of levels down. No one wants to be at the bottom. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people like really want to be some up and then like the select few want to be at the top yeah. or want to be there and actually respond positively to that pressure. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people want to be there until they feel it. They're like, Oh snap. I don't. Yeah. So the answer to your question, I think responding semi positively overall positively with dips of negativity, right. through, but right. over overarchingly positive, like right. through that. And, um, but has your leadership changed? Um, that was the question. Has it changed from then to now? Like when you were working at other other offices, I would where say you weren't in control. You were the doctor, but you weren't in control. Yeah, I would. Know? Yeah, I would say it, ha it has changed because there was someone to go, "Hey, fuck you!" Like it's his fault. Yeah, you know what I mean. And a lot of people didn't like that particular person, mm -hmm. or I don't know if they didn't like him. They were just he was just very polarizing. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know what I mean? So like there was a. Uh, it was different because there was, I was middle management. It is different mm -hmm. when you were not leading from in front. It's harder. It's harder because you're not the, uh, you know, the emperor in this situation. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, I was trying to think of another Jedi reference from Star Wars. I can't think of what would be low emperor. I can't think of one. You're like, I can't remember. Um, but yeah. And then I, I don't know if it's better or worse now. There's, it goes, I think it goes through, goes through waves. I'm not asking if it's better or it's worse. I'm asking how your leadership has changed. I, what I'm saying is probably changed for the negative. For the negative. How is that? Because it's, it's hard for me. And this is some people, this is where I need help in mentorship right now. Actually, this is, you know, is, uh, I have a hard time separating or not separating. I have a hard time simultaneously being a business owner, an and entrepreneur, a and a doctor. Like yeah. I struggle because they're yes. they're different in yeah. outcomes and objectives. As a yeah. business owner, you want to expand and uh -huh. grow and be profitable, pay people, pay off your loans, like stuff like that, which is great. I'm for it. But as a doctor, sometimes I just want to take care of people. Uh -huh. And then sometimes those two worlds will butt heads they a little bit. Yes, Not a do. lot, but yes. they do. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I have a really, really tough time with that. I would prefer to be one or the other. It's a lot of caps to wear, a lot of different emo emotions to sort through as you kind of navigate different situations. And I can see that. Yeah. So like sometimes like I get a little overwhelmed, but well, I get, a, you know, over sometimes it depends. I get overwhelmed with some of that stuff. And then when I'm, when I'm overwhelmed business hat owner, mm -hmm. then I, my leadership suffers the most because mm -hmm. uh, I get like my stomach hurts sometimes or I like, get stressed mm -hmm. out or I got to think about this and read You're spreadsheets kind of, like, shut down, yeah. and shut. Yeah. When anything's overwhelming, a lot of people, when something is overwhelming, you don't see a way out or see how mm -hmm. to get, like sometimes you shut down like because mm -hmm. you don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. So, so I always try to fight that when I feel yep. overwhelmed, but yep. when I feel the yep. opposite, when I feel like the business is on autopilot, which happens, like it's all cyclical and seasonal. Like sometimes it's on autopilot. I'm like, yeah. cool, that's on autopilot. Then like if I focus more of my energies and efforts on being a healthcare provider, 
And then my training and my leadership gets better. Actually, the more doctor hat I have on, mm-hmm. you, I would think it would be the opposite. Like if I were to bet money, like before doing this, I would say when I, I, I would be more like business, I'm like oh, I got to train the team and like you know. No, it's hard to do both at the same time. Yeah, but when I feel yeah, very it's hard he- to do both. Yeah, when I feel very heavy business owner, like my leadership suffers dramatically mm-hmm. because my mind, my bandwidth is ninety nine percent used on something else. Right. When I'm in, when that's on auto and I'm flowing in healthcare, like it's like nine, 99% on what's in front of me right. and it's all focused. And then I do, I respond better leadership wise that way. Mm-hmm. So I answered your question. You did. I did. I got Yay, to it. Yay. You I answered did, it. I did it. I really appreciate that. Yeah. You drank all the water. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's almost time anyway. I'm going to drink this water. Okay. Ah, that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right, are we done? If you want to be. You want to be? Sure. What did we talk about today? We talked about tattoos. We talked about tattoos. That was fun. And which hurts really bad. And I don't think that the lights are helping. It's making them hot. Um, we talked about tattoos. It looks shiny. And we talked about um, leadership. Nice. Where you learned how to be a leader. Where can people learn? I asked f- you all the questions today. You did. You didn't ask me any questions today. Oh, man. It's okay. You're good. You kept it on point. Uh-huh. I asked you yeah. questions about your tattoos. False. You did. See, you did I interview. I tattoo interviewed yes, you. Yes, you did. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that was good. I told you you would lead this though for this style conversation more than leading than, means than, I'm the one getting interviewed. Um, I wouldn't even say it was an interview. Well, you know what I mean. I was the one like talking. I would. I was just yeah talking more of um a provider of the conversation topics and then, and then being able to expand on those more mainly because everything that's in my brain about being a leader or owning a business comes from you. And you've been in a professional role longer than I have because I had Andre. So, um, you know, this is probably opening up this business has been the most professional role. I think that I've always, that I've worked in. Yeah, me too. So you have more experience. You have what? more experience on that than I do, for sure. So I told you, you it would probably, you would lead most of the conversation anyways. Right. But Tangents. I had like three good tangents It's great. Today. I kept asking you questions and you were just rolling with it. Yeah. That's great. Well, that's all I need. Yep. <laughs> I, I know. I need someone, to, I need a jump off spot. But hey, let's, I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, okay. Where can people find us at if they want to talk to us and be our friends? Oh, you can find us at never99.com. It's all spelled out. There's no numbers or whatever, but there's a little place where you can go leave us a voicemail. Oh, yeah, it's new. And we can listen to those voicemails. And, and if it's funny and good and intriguing, we'll put you on the show. Yeah, but if we'll you're boring, use... you're not getting on oh, here. Oh, no, but yeah, yeah, but there's a little microphone. You click at the microphone uh, and then you can leave like a minute and a half message. So if you want to talk to us mm-hmm. and begin becoming our best friends, go to our website. Yeah. You can check us out. You can watch videos there. You can mm-hmm. find, if you want to subscribe to on all the many, many, many podcast apps, you can go there. Yes. Never99.com is the main place where you can find us, but you can also find us on uh, Apple music. You can find us on YouTube, anywhere that you like to listen to your podcast. We're on there and we're creeping. Yeah, we are creeping. We also want you to send us. F- I don't shouldn't say funny. I want we want you to send us messages about whatever you want us to talk yeah. about. If there's topics that you want us to talk about, or if there's questions you have on some of the many topics that we discussed, you're more than welcome to ask us. Sweet. So we'll tell you guys later. We got an error message on the computer, so we'll have to, so it's a good time. <laughs> it's a good time to go. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Have you ever felt? Are you listening? Damn.